It's Tuesday, December 21st, 2021, and it's the Relevant Podcast. Merry Christmas, everyone. Uh, here in Orlando, I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and joining me from Lower Land, Virginia, is Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. From Austin, Texas, author, speaker, podcaster, Jamie Ivey. Hey, guys. And from Nashville, Tennessee, artist, producer, and mogul, Derek Miner. What's happening? It is, I, it's Christmas week. Derek, I texted you. Mm-hmm. My favorite song, and I'm I'm not exaggerating. I've listened to this song probably forty times over the last couple weeks. Is your track "Black Santa"? It's on one of the relevance. <laughs> I'm not joking. It's on one relevance Christmas playlist, and so we have a hip hop playlist. It's track three because track three is the important track. I put it on track three, dude. I love that song. Yo, when did you when did you make that? A couple years ago. First off, I just made the beat. It's my uncle and my aunt. That oh, doing I wondered who the woman was because she wasn't credited. It's my uncle Fred and my aunt Erica. Dude, he's hilarious. He's a bishop. I love his verse. So, yeah, yeah. So we're like, he, yeah, he, you're the hook. You were yeah, just the beat. Yeah. So he he comes to the studio. He's like, all right, nephew, I want to do a a rap Christmas Christmas song. I'm like, are you sure? You know what I mean? But he's like that guy. Like, hold on. I'm going to get y'all a picture of my uncle and it'll all make sense. When I send you a picture of my uncle, it'll all make sense. But, yo, he's like, he was serious about it. So they came in, you know, I wrote the hook. You know what I'm saying? It's a great hook. Your son makes an appearance. You're doing the hook. The beat's great. He's hilarious. He... He had some pretty good flow, and then he was just talking about like Mrs. Claus looking good in her little red dress, and like, I was like okay, Bishop, let's go. Hey, hey, look, when I send you a picture, Aunt, and I'm gonna send you a picture, Aunt, and you're gonna be like, okay, I guess it's the sort of track that like we did a, a, a Christmas party playlist and a hip hop playlist, and then more contemplative indie stuff. But like, that's a track that if you're having a Christmas party, you want to put on. It's a it's it's a oh fun song. My. I played I played it on the podcast last week. So uh, are are you guys back in the Christmas party swing this year? I feel like last year it was kind of awkward, like no one really knew like should we be going to, you know, parties and stuff. But I feel like I feel like everyone's kind of like, all right, we're just we're just going to the Christmas party this year. You know, and, and they're accessing part of their closet they have haven't looked at in like two years. Like for me, there's a back corner of the closet that has like you know slightly for the the closest to like formal wear I get that I've pretty much just shuddered. Are you guys back in the Christmas party swing this year and, and, and are revisiting some clothes that haven't seen the light of day for for almost three years now? Yeah, I'm in all the Christmas parties. And in fact, just the other day, I was thinking, okay, I got this party. I'm going to wear this sweater with these jeans. But if these jeans don't fit, because I haven't worn them since last year, you know, there's a big probability that these jeans are not going to fit. Then I can wear these pants with them. So, yeah, that's where I am, Jesse. It's like, (laughs) you know, a lot has happened in in, in a year with all of our bodies. I usually make one annual trip to H&M or like some mall store, like right, you know, like the day of the Christmas party, like, oh, shoot, I don't have anything that's appropriate to wear here. But I, I'm excited to be back in the, in the Christmas. I've already been, you know, I've gone to two chili cook-offs that are sort of like holiday-ish mm-hmm. so far. Wow. Chili cook-off for holiday? I've never heard this that's in my like, whole life. Isn't that like a Labor Day it's wintery. thing? It's winter. Winter. You know, it's it's yeah. a good. That makes me think of like Super Bowl. Chat real, check the oh. chat real quick. That is your uncle. That man. 
He's a bishop? Derek, good <laughs> lord. I would go to that church. That's, that's your real uncle? <laughs> yeah. Derek, this is Derek. one of the most impressive, stylish men I've ever seen in my life. I mean, Jesse, is this one of your holiday parties? He's one of the most handsome individuals I've ever laid eyes on, for one. And, and can I describe... Derek just sent around a picture of his uncle who's featured on this track. And I'd like to describe that suit because he just one up. If this guy with that suit comes into any Christmas party, the room just stops. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so you're the boring one in the family, is what yeah, you're saying. Hey, look, uh, hey, look, uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we just go leave it at that. Bishop Bar. Uh, yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, hey, you, y'all made a track that's good for Christmas playlists, Christmas parties. So there you go. Oh, yeah. We're going to turn you up. You, I look, you put you put that on. You gonna you gonna you gonna pop out the frame for sure, dude. <laughs> I, okay, this other picture that you sent, Derek, real quick. The 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 stovetop hat is full Lincoln. Okay, like mm-hmm. Michael Gunger used to wear what I call a half Lincoln, which was more which was in between a stovetop and a pork pie. The half right. Lincoln. <laughs> this is full Lincoln. He is full wearing Lincoln, the full bro. Abe Lincoln <laughs> stovetop top hat with the suit, dude. Mm-hmm. It takes. It takes a tremendous amount of style to be able to un- to pull that off, and and people not look at you like, dude, you you got a full Abe Lincoln. He pulls it off, man. Oh, like, you so don't even I look forgot twice. to tell y'all. Oh, he also went viral. He was on Jimmy Kimmel. Really? Wow. Yes. For this outfit or just for what? <laughs> Hold on. This is this it, other this picture. He has is two he wearing a black pa- feather boa with this suit and 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 the and Lincoln. Hold it on. does in the second I'm picture a, look like. Clark, I'm going to uh-huh. send you the uh, spot. He's wearing two different color Jordan 4s in this other picture. Like, this is an impressive. This is a very <laughs> impressively dressed man. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm trying to tell you, man. Like, uh, what? He, he literally he went live? viral. He lives in Nashville. Hold wow. on. He went viral for a song because he has a hot dog truck. So he has like. The best, I mean, literally the best hot dog trucks in the city. Wow. And it all blew up because he made a song called uh, $2 Hot Dog, $1 Water. And <sighs> he went viral on, and Jimmy Kimmel literally had the joint. So here, I'm going to send you the link. Yeah, I'm sorry. It was Jimmy Fallon. I'm sorry. All right, here you go. Yeah, I'm sorry. This one's the last one. Uh, this guy's named Frederick Barr. You know him? Yeah? <laughs> What's What's does not ice tea, dude. <laughs> that is Frederick Barr. So they played a song. Hold on. It's not ice tea. But uh, the name of the song is called $2 Hot Dog, $1 Water. I think I have a pretty good idea what the song is about. <laughs> but uh, let's English. <laughs> Andy's a bishop. He's an yes, He has a church, Life Church in Nashville. It's called Life Church. How does That's he? Incredible. How does he not have a reality show? Like you know, For like remember when, remember when like Chris Lee's knows best, like yes. on TV. Right. It was just like it's suddenly I care on, about dude. this. It's still going. And it's, it's like I'm not even sure where he's from, why he's famous, or or why there's a show about him. <laughs> you can't find someone better, like Derek's uncle, who right. week to week would be the most. I can't imagine. Does do they have children, Derek? 
Do they, or uh, is it just well? It, so they have a lot of they got adopted a couple kids, but yeah, uh huh. Yeah. a whole a whole family situation yeah. on the. Mm-hmm. I would follow. I would watch that show. Oh, all the kids them. are grown. We're all all the kids are grown. So it's like all he does is his food trucks. He has a restaurant. He has a church. And uh, Amen. oh, that's all he does. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> he does everything. All right. Well, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, Derek's I'm uncle sorry. is joining us. No. <laughs> Bishop Frederick Barr. Uh, no, uh, Dante Stewart is joining us. Uh, you might have seen him uh, in the winter issue of Relevant. Well, this is more of that conversation. It was a hard hitting conversation uh, about uh, the future of the church in regards to maybe racial issues. You know to solve another world's problems here on today's episode. Also, at the end of the show, we have a very special What's Jesse Thinking for the Christmas season. Uh, But before we toss the slices, I want to remind you that you can go over to RelevantStore.com right now and pre-order the annual print edition of Relevant. It's available for 20% off for a very limited time. It's going to ship next month. But you can go now and get a special price. Uh, we're just we're just trying to squeeze all the orders we can before we place the big print order. So there you go. Go to relevantstore.com and help us out. Plus, it's going to be great on your coffee table. It's all the best long form content from 2021 at Relevant and uh, in a nice, beautiful print edition, premium edition. Go check it out. Okay, stay tuned up next. It slices. listening to Empty Houses. The song is Sleigh Ride. And just like the last several shows, all the music you're hearing right now is available for you on the a very relevant Christmas Spotify playlist that we've put on Spotify. Uh, Indie, Unplugged, Party, Hip Hop. I think that song is on the Party Mix. Go check it out. They're available for free. It's our Christmas gift to you. Some actual good Christmas jams. And guess what? No Mariah Carey. Well, today's show is brought to you by UHSM. Are you tired of the rising costs of healthcare? We are, which is why we're excited to tell you about UHSM. Unite Health Share Ministries, or UHSM, is a Christian health sharing ministry that will put your health first. Health sharing is not insurance. The programs at UHSM are member-based fellowships where faithful people can take charge of their own health care. UHSM offers different programs to meet any and all of your needs. They also offer telehealth options so you can access health care at the touch of a button. For more information, head over to uhsm.org or contact a representative at 1-800-900-8476. Again, that's uhsm.org for more info or contact a rep at 800-900-8476. Okay, it's time for Slices. All right, what do you have, Jesse? All right, so uh, it's that time of year where there's a lot of fun uh, little studies and research coming in, uh, you know, that people are doing about trends about the holidays, particularly uh, Christmas and for this one, Christmas movies. Now, this one was uh, uh, created by a, um, a tutoring service. I love that the people commissioning these surveys and studies that are just like infographic heavy have nothing ever to do with uh, uh, like whatever the, the survey is. It's just mm-hmm. a viral way for them to promote their, their service, which appears to be a t- an English learning tutoring service. Uh, so obviously they're the ones 
to gauge what's the most popular Christmas movies this year. But uh, hey, they put it in the work. So Preply.com uh, prepared this. But anyway, and I do question their methodology a little bit um, because they ana- this is from them. For this study, we analyzed search uh, uh, search trends for keywords related to 115 of the highest rated, highest grossing holiday movies of all time. Uh, we then narrowed down the search uh, to the top 25 most searched for films and evaluated how popular they are in each state. So not really the most perfect methodology, but sure, why not? If all of them are measured around the same. But it also is like, if I saw something weird in a Christmas movie or just wanted to know a piece of trivia, I'd probably just end up Googling it. That might skew it. But either way, anyone hmm. want to guess what the number one according to this methodology number one most popular christmas movie uh of this past year is of the past year not all time currently currently based on these search trends so it's based on search trends so you're so the most i mean christmas vacation yeah i would that's kind of where it's on the list it's on the list but it's not number one I think it's going to be an older movie. Like people are like, we need to get something wholesome in our life. Hmm. It, it's, I mean, it is, I die guess hard. now, no, I mean, it's uh sadly Die Hard did not make the list. There's a couple interesting ones on here that I, I would not expect it, but number one, Die Hard recently, because well, I had a friend who was like, let's watch Die Hard. And I was like, cool. And I Googled, where can you watch Die Hard? Mm-hmm. And it is not streaming. You have to it's, watch it with commercials on IMDb. Uh, I, 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 I started watching it on Peacock the other night because I love oh, it's Die on Hard. Peacock? It with commercials. And I play and I have the premium and I and it still had commercials. Uh, really? Yeah. What is it? Uh, but either yeah. way, Die Hard's a phenomenal movie. Uh, right. Jamie, didn't you try Die Hard the other day and bailed on it? Uh, last she year bailed. I tried. I watched half of it. Yeah. And I have did you watch half? Zero desire to see the ending. Well, zero? Zero. Not one I was going to no. say. You know, you know, Jamie, that, that, you know, Family Matters, the beloved show with Urkel. Yeah. That show came from Die Hard. I remember you told me this last year. Carl Winslow was so popular. They built a show around his character. And that still has not pushed me back to watch it. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. He has the best arc in that whole movie. Either way, it's not Die Hard. The number one uh, most popular Christmas movie by this standard is Home Alone, which um, I I feel like. You know what? That that was my second choice. Mm -hmm. That was my second choice. What what are you guys' feeling in hindsight about Home Alone? I feel like we all kind of just watched came it. Of it. It's yeah. my favorite. It's my top. It's a top. It's a top three for sure for me. It's Elf, top three Elf, for me as well. Elf number Elf one. Elf is number one. Christmas <laughs> uh, Vacation is my number two, and I do Home Alone number three. So I'm I'm swapping the you two. Flipping those. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and look, man, the Colkin family. You know, Rory is on uh, succession. succession. Like they're still. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's he's the cousin in in Home Alone. So the, the, you know, the cousin that pees. That yeah, you exactly. share a room oh, with. Yeah, Fuller, yeah. the Culkin brother. Yeah, Fuller. Fuller, yeah. you're right. Okay. Yeah. So, so Home Alone has legs, and so does the Culkin uh, family. Yeah. Uh, number two was The Grinch, but it noted it was a 2018 version, which I think there's been like a handful. I think there's a Jim Carrey. I think this is the Benedict Cumberbatch batch version. Oh, I thought it was, yeah, the Jim Carrey one was 2000. Was 2000, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The uh, uh, number three, and this one, I'm kind of surprised. I, they wouldn't be surprised if this is number one because I feel like this is climbing the charts every year in just sort of the movies you watch at Christmas time, and that's Elf. I feel it, it, that it one number is one, a, number that's one, a tight rotation right now. I feel like the rotation one. in a lot of households is Elf, Home Alone, Christmas Vacation. Some of the other ones yeah. on here, you, you know, those are those are sort of, like if you had a Mount Rushmore, people mm-hmm. would probably put it, it's a Wonderful Life. 
I contend no one actually watches that at Christmas. Yeah, they good. just tell people they <laughs> do. Good. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah, I read The Great Gatsby in high school. Did right. you? Did just you? give me, I'll take the Santa Claus over. Over that. Over that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll literally take it. My kid's favorite Christmas movie is Santa Claus 2. Santa Claus 2 was fire. It, it was, was fire. straight. Yeah, where I'm at. The, the, you well, know, this, I watched uh, Christmas with the Cranks the other day. Tim yeah. Allen's in the Santa Claus, and he's the main guy in Christmas and the Cranks. He's in a lot of Christmas uh, movies. Is Four yeah. Christmases on there? That Four Christmases is on there, and that okay. yeah, the, the Vince Vaughn Reese Witherspoon that, that makes is, me laugh. And you yeah, know what else should be on there? 21. But I know that it's definitely not on on this list. Is next Friday? Next is, Friday is a Christmas yeah. movie. No, I mean Friday after next, the last one. It's is a it a fr- movie. is it part of the Friday is, franchise? Yes, yes, the last oh, one was a Christmas movie. Yes, the first it starts off with a crackhead stealing the uh-huh. Christmas tree, and that starts the whole situation. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna have to watch that this year because <laughs> yeah. I've never seen that. Yeah, Friday uh, after that. That's that's where Cat Williams exploded on that one. Mm-hmm. That's what exploded oh, Cat yeah. Williams' career, and also uh, 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 Terry Crews. Yes, yeah, right. Yeah, and yeah, it Terry, was it was it was from there to White Girls, and then Terry Crews was gone. I, I, and wow. I heard Terry Crews was valet parking cars at the time, and they needed someone who looked like jacked in that in that uh, Friday after next role. Yeah. And one of the producers was like, "Eating at a restaurant." And Terry Crews went to park his car. This I, I read this Are somewhere. You serious? And, and they're like, "Hey, do you act?" And he's like, "Sure." And they're like, "All right, here, show up." And now the world has Terry Crews. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so It's a Wonderful Life came in at number nine. Christmas Vacation was all the way down at number 10 wow. on this list, which which I think is what, is is not accurate. What about um, A Christmas Story? A Christmas Story, dude, A Christmas Story. Okay, Christmas Story number eight. Still okay. kind of low. Yeah. So yeah. As, as an yeah. adult, I've watched that movie probably more than any of the others because of the TBS Marathon. Like yeah. on Christmas uh, Eve okay. for 24 hours, they play a Christmas story, right? Right. Well, what am I doing on Christmas Eve? I'm up all night wrapping presents. So right. I just have that on in the background and it'll loop and keep going and keep going. I probably watch it four or five times in a row while I'm just getting everything ready for the next morning, you know, and and I don't even like it that much, but it's just kind of like, I don't yeah, know. It's, cool. it's the soundtrack yeah. of my Christmas Eve now, you know? I, I feel like they could re-edit that and shave about 35 minutes and it'd be pretty watchable right now. But I can't sit <laughs> through the whole thing story. right now. I can't, you know, there's it a lot It is pretty of, monotone. It's that early yeah. 80s filmmaking style yeah. or it's just kind of, yeah. yeah. But, but either way, I agree with you guys. We, the, you know, I Elf should be Elf. There's a contention for Elf as number one. Get Gr- Grinch out of the top three. Put Christmas yeah. Vacation and let's Especially put Elf in the, the top. For sure. Number bad one. Yeah. For sure. All right. What do you have, Jamie? Okay, so we're getting towards the end of the year, and the end of the year, like, you know, we see, like, what was trending in our country in 2021. And so, mm-hmm. a new um, article just released with the top trending searches. So, there's a lot of searches that they have on there uh, throughout the months, like, what were some of the most searched things Um like how to help refugees spiked up in August. That was a good search, you know, hmm. or um, how to style straight leg jeans. That that was a big search. How to help Texas was a big search in February. But hmm. here's the top trending. Y'all remember Texas in February, right? Mm-hmm. We had our little the power thing. Couple of, yeah. Yeah. So here's the top trending how to be searches. Does that make sense? How to be blank. Okay. You mm-hmm. ready? How to be eligible for a stimulus check is number one. That makes uh-huh. sense. Number two is how to be more attractive. Okay. Number three, how to be happy alone. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know what this means. You guys can tell me. Number four is how to be a baddie. 
really pretty woman. That's what a baddie is? Mm-hmm. I've never heard that in my whole life. The next one's how to be a good boyfriend, how to be a good kisser, how to be a flight attendant, how to be happy with yourself, how to be mindful, and how to be romantic. So this year, uh, I, people were trying to do the romance. A lot of lonely, a lot of lonely, a lot a lot lonely, of lonely romance there. sinkers. Yeah, I know. I know. Like Google, based on your searches, kind of gives you tailored algorithm predictive mm-hmm. responses. But I just typed in how to be, just uh-huh. to see what popped in. Number one, how to be happy. So that was on your list. Number two, how to be a good American. Oh. Number three, how to be smart. I think if you're googling how to be smart, it's not for you. Like you just um, typed in how to be, and then before you be, hit enter, you saw what came this up. This is the predictive drop down. Yeah. How to be cool, how to be a baddie, how to My- be single, how to be funny, how to be pretty, and how to be a better person. How to be single? Why do you have to Google that? <laughs> just by default, you're single. Anyway. Big facts. What'd you guys get? I got how to be a notary. Well, I do how to be space, and it'll take yeah. how to be space. I got how to be happy, how to be single, how to be a good American. Yep. Baddie? So Y'all have never heard that before. Yeah, I, got, I, got, yeah. I got all those. It does seem like a lot of people are, are seem like they want to find love um, and they they're interested. Baddies. They, they want to become baddies or uh, they're interested in uh, how to become how to be a better citizen, which is yeah. very interesting. Um, and then just a lot of interest in the notary field. Um, so <laughs> somebody had a lot of forge things. Someone's, something. Yeah, someone's <laughs> got to get notarized. Someone's got to notarize all this. Forge yeah. some stuff. Oh goodness! I think they just want that cool stamp. You know? Yeah. So forge some stuff. Make you seem valid. How to be a baddie? All right, Derek. What do you have? Hey, so quick question before I go into my slice. Out of the fifty states. Where do you think Delaware ranks in crime? It's got to be low. Hold on. Does it include corporate crime or are you talking about violent crime? We're talking talking mostly violent and petty crimes like burglary. Oh, okay. That's got to be low then. Yeah. Because if you were including white collar crimes, I would say probably very high because so many companies are ghost incorporated in Delaware. Right, right, right. So So you're taking that out. Yeah, take that out. Let's just talk about just like the, you know, the the typical murders and burglaries and all those different things. I I don't see those headlines. So I would, I would think low, but you're bringing it up. So now I'm thinking probably not. Yeah. What you, what you, what you think, Jesse? I, I would imagine it's I, I've I've passed through Delaware quite a few times and it doesn't seem like very much going on nice, at least nice out highway where Jamie. I'm going. Nice I would think it's low. I don't know. So what's low to you guys? It's just just figure out what low is. Well, like I mean, if 50? you take national average, it would be on the bottom half of the national average. Uh, you know, thirty-two, okay. uh, 30, 32. Yeah. 16. Wow. Yes. <laughs> so per capita, there's a lot of crime. <laughs> hey, Delaware. Hey, look. Hide your kids, hide your wife in Delaware, <laughs> bro. I'm trying to tell you, bro. It's, it's What's popular. number one, by the way? Uh, oh, no. Probably Illinois. I Illinois. Alaska. What? It, it must be per capita or, or, yeah, or it's something. Be per capita. Per capita. Yeah. yeah, Alaska. Really? Well, there's no, I mean, you can. Uh, so at hey. the top, the top. Five are Alaska, New Mexico, Tennessee, Arkansas, and Nevada. That's the top five. Wow. If yeah. I wanted to get away with a crime and never get caught, I'd go to Alaska. Yeah. I mean, like, oh, you can just vanish. No. Outlaw. Outlaw that country. Outlaw state. But anyway, That's... before we, the reason I brought that up, though, the yeah. reason I brought that up, 
is because first off, that was shocking. And I'm thinking with Delaware with so much crime, this guy that I'm about to tell you about might be the dumbest person I've ever I've I've ever read a story about. Because this guy robs a bank in Delaware and gets caught. Because when he robs the bank and leaves, he tries to deposit the money into the ATM outside. <laughs> at the same bank? <laughs> yes. yes. So they caught him at the ATM, y'all. That's so <laughs> dumb. Look, uh, bro. Look, this desperate times call for desperate measures. You need that money quick. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> He's like, I don't have a day to wait. That's not the way. <laughs> well, you know why? And I'm he not did gonna that. tell y'all how to get away with crowds, but I'm gonna tell you <laughs> out of all the ways. You not finna get away by robbing a bank and trying to deposit it in the ATM oh outside. I'm gonna tell you that it, that is a 99.9 percent chance you're gonna get caught. <laughs> Like, oh, here's, 100%. here's the thing. I'm not a lawyer, but to me, if he would have successfully redeposited the money, you're no longer talking about bank robbery or bank heist. All this is, is you're transferring money from account to account. Who knows how it happened? It's the same bank. He took it from one account, moved it to the other. Uh, you tell me Man. if that's a crime in this country, because no, that it, seems like it, fair you game You know, it's make. a crime of stupidity. Like, it's, that's what it is. Like, I'm like, first off, robbing a bank in 2021, that's already the, the that's a yeah. dummy mission, guys. Yeah. Like, that's a rough one. But then when you do the worst crime in 2021, you turn around and you try to deposit the money into the ATM, dog. That ain't it. This feels like a, a storyline in a movie with Nicolas Cage where he just, yes. you know, and gets away with it because this, is how, he, this is how he rolls. Yeah. Nic- <laughs> Nicolas, if Nicolas Cage and Kevin Hart made a movie, it'd be this one. Can, can I just say this too? Because you bring up a good point. You can't really rob a bank in 2021. You can't no, really steal a car can't. in 2021. I mean, what are you going to do with it? It's got serial numbers and license yeah. plates all over it. You know, yeah, it's over. Where, where are you going to sell tracked. it? Yeah. Yeah. Technology has ruined hypothetical heist okay there were so many times in college i would sit around my room with my buddies and be like hypothetical we're not going to do it but if we were to perform a heist and just want to make as much and we would go through the scenarios who would be the getaway driver you know where we would go you know hypothetical heist are really fun you can you get with your buddies and you assemble your own little oceans 11 crew and plan some kind of cool you're not going to do it but just as fun to think about Technology's ruined it. There's no yeah. cool heist anymore, man. There's nothing cool say, to heist. I was going to say, I've never thought about doing those things, but you know, they sound like they would be fun to think to do. The uh, the There's a series on Netflix called Heist, and it's it's the real people telling the stories of yeah, heist. They pulled off successfully, oh. including robbing Brinks trucks. Yeah, I watched uh, it. I watched it all. Like smuggling it. massive drug money. So they, like, are, are they... How are they doing that? They, they all like did time and they're all oh, out okay, because, okay, you okay. know, because they served their 15 years or whatever. Okay. But man, back in the day, you just got to watch a Brinks truck, see the schedule of when they drop it off at the warehouse and just go get the bags. I mean, it was just the, like, that the, doesn't the, happen anymore. The Brinks one, you know what, you know what ruined their heist is they didn't realize how heavy bags of money were. And they were like, <laughs> they're like, ah! and they're like, it's too heavy. Oh man. They're like, they're like spent months. The great thing is they spent months 
planning this heist. I mean, yeah. every element of this heist. Oh, where they're going to yeah. ditch no, the no, where the I'm telling you, they, they have an inside person that got a job at Brink. They could have not put more thought into this heist. Yeah. And the day of the heist, not only yeah. does one of them drop the bandana that has his DNA on it that allows, spoiler, oh, allows man. the whole crew to go down. Right. But... They don't even real they they get to the money and they don't even have a way to get it to the van. Like, Each bag like, is like fifty pounds, so they can only carry like two, and that's like a hundred pounds, and they can't run with it. So they didn't think it through. Yeah, so they couldn't steal all that much. Then the funny thing was Jesse, like when they when they stashed the money, that you know, yeah. like the guys were like, "Don't spend it, don't yeah. whatever, you know, whatever." And so they Always one guy won. buried it in his backyard, not realizing that in Florida, the ground is wet. And paper disintegrates. And oh. so they left it and came back two years later and the money's just rotted away. It's just like, what are you doing? Oh. You should have put it in the bathroom at the church is what it should have done. You should have gone to the ATM. Oh. You should have gone to the ATM. I'm I wasn't here. Osteen knows what to do. Osteen knows right what to do. He did, he, he's like, no, 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 just leave the money either there. And you see him like knocking on pieces of drywall. Here it is. Here, right here. Here it is. So we have some room behind this 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 piece of drywall. Hey, man, my man, Joe. Joe's out here trapping. What, what? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. All right. Well, that'll do it for Slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Dante Stewart joins us. Joy to the world, the Savior reigns. Let men their songs employ. While fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains repeat the sounding joy. Repeat the sounding joy. You're listening to Drew Holcomb and the Neighbors. The song is Joy to the World. What a good ditty. Also available on the Very Relevant Christmas Spotify playlist. Well, Dante Stewart joins us today. He's a writer and speaker. He's been featured on CNN, The Washington Post, Sojourners, and many more. He writes about things he knows deeply and is passionate about. Things like race, religion, and politics. We spoke to him about the difference between liberation and reconciliation and what the future for the church looks like in regards to racial issues. Here's our conversation with Dante Stewart. I'm wondering if you can, for for the people who are going to read this and listen to this, who who haven't encountered the book yet or, or encountered your story, do you mind taking me back and giving me sort of the, the your origin story and how you got from your start to uh, to sort of the idea of drafting the book? You know, what really really made me write this book was you know uh, in, in in 2020. I mean, I was writing essays and so many of the the essays that I started to write were starting to change. Um, I was first originally a writer who was very, you know, like preaching my writing in the sense of, you know, I gave a little background, gave some uh, content and then an application, you know, and it was very, it wasn't indie, it wasn't necessarily creative writing um, in that sense. Uh, but, uh, you know, once, once 2020, 29, really 2019, you know, started to happen i started to read better books in in 2018 2019 after i had left white spaces coming out of uh 2017 and 2016 with the uh, uh, Alton uh, sterling murder 
and the murder of Philando Castile and, and, and even the white churches embrace of Donald Trump. I mean, much more than Donald Trump, but the, the kind of justification of white supremacy, white supremacy and black subjugation. And so as I began to read, as I began to think, as I began to wrestle, um, I began to write uh, and I needed to write. I needed to write to make sense of it, but also to kind of work out some ideas that I was messing with and, and reading and things like that. And so then, you know, here comes the book out of 2020, really trying to make sense of the central question of my book. What does it mean to be black and American and Christian, mm -hmm. um, which is likened to uh, Audre Lorde's kind of framework in Zami, where she says, I remember what it was like to be young and black and gay and lonely. And she writes about that experience. And I kind of wanted to do that type of wrestling as well to think about the ways in which these identities intersect, you know, in my own story and the stories around us um, and, and the ways these these stories and experiences intersect in, in some terrible, terrible ways, mm -hmm. um, which which we become terrible things oftentimes. And I did. But also it can intersect in very beautiful ways where we become courageous and the best of what those three identities and experiences can become. And so I began to write. I read Baldwin, I read Bambara, I, mean, I read Morris and I read June Jordan, Keanu Amala Taylor. And so all these writers that I was reading, you know, and even Ta-Nehisi Coates, whose brilliant book Between the World and Me shaped so much of how I approached my own book. Um, so, yeah, I, I started to write and that was kind of how this book came to be. I was out of my kind of wrestling with that question, but also, you know, my embodiment of trying to become the best of what those identities can can be in the world. Could you detail a little more about the difference between reconciliation, which is a very popular word in the white spaces, the white Christian spaces that that uh that, well that I tend to operate in, and what you're talking about with liberation or, or even revolution? Yeah, one hundred percent. It's simply characterizing the statement that you know that that in some sense, you know, I used to think that proximity would change people. Huh. I used uh -huh. to think that simply being around different people, that diversity, you know, would, would change perspectives. Um, but I realized that proximity does not change anything if it does not deal with power dynamics. You know, it, it, if, if we don't deal with the inequities of power, particularly who gets to shape the space and who is valued in the space and who is protected in the space and whose reality is taken seriously with whatever space we are in, you know, if if in some sense we don't deal with the inequities of power and try to empower people to be fully human, to be fully themselves, to be fully in the world as themselves, knowing that we have something to offer, not simply that it's transactional, that you give me something in this space and I just give you a little bit of crumbs. You know, you show up, I give you a group, you know, you show up, I give you this in exchange of making us comfortable. You know, so that is that is in some sense, you know, what I mean by that difference between reconciliation and liberation is that oftentimes the language of reconciliation has been a way to evade. You know, black humanity and the worlds in which we have created and the way that we think about the world, the way that we name our realities. Reconciliation has been, you know, a way to to de to 
uh, evade us and to devalue us, uh, not taking into account that, as Martin Luther King said, you want us to integrate into a burning house um, or whatnot. Or as Willie Jennings would, would say, you want to integrate us into a colonial project where white people still control the power and we're just present. And for me, that's the difference is that, as this sister say, unity is good, but freedom is better. I'm wondering as you're as you're talking about this, if you uh, as a as, as a communicator as a writer, I feel like a challenge. I feel like, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, a challenge that you would frequently run into is sort of a poverty of imagination. It's so difficult for those of us who are raised in the West, especially raised in white spaces within the West, to even imagine a world without these hierarchies of power and the, the, the idea you're talking, it's like trying to explain to a fish what it's like to be dry or there's just no world in which any of that clicks or really makes sense. You're, it's something that we've never seen. So I'm wondering how you have sort of, or if you have found any ways to communicate that to people in a way that you feel like is effective at opening their their spiritual imaginations, their political imaginations, their social imaginations, in a way that that has helped these move these conversations forward in places where they often stall. Yeah, and, and I would even say that that at, maybe at one point in time I was concerned about that question, but I'm not necessarily concerned as much about that question anymore. Particularly, huh. you know, at the root, what can white people learn that they have not been learning, uh, you know, for a while? You know, how can white people think better and become better? And be better. And I think this is one of the, the challenges, you know, and, and the limitations of so much of the talk regarding our country, regarding race, religion and politics and things like that. Uh, it centers whiteness. It still continues to center white progress and, and white education and, and what white people can do that they have not done before. And that's just not a question that I'm concerned about. I'm more so concerned about what can we gain and glean from looking again at our black lives, you know, and, and what those worlds that, that we have created and uh, and that we contain uh, can tell us something about what does it mean to be black and alive, as June Jordan says, and looking back at you. So, like, I don't want to just simply reduce our lives to simply is it a lack of imagination, you know, you know, from them, from white people or from whoever uh, who's in power with any marginalized community. It's not necessarily, you know, a lack of imagination. No, they are, as Derek Purnell say, uh, white people don't lack imagination. White people ha have imagination. You know, they have found sophisticated ways to harm us, to evade. Mm. White people got imagination. It's just, as Willie Jennings write, a diseased imagination, mm. an imagination that, that, that protects uh, mm. white supremacy and anti-blackness in a world in which they have built and we have inherited. And so for me, I want to I, I want to make the term uh, as Elizabeth Alexander writes in the black interior. I want to make the turn to say we must envision what we're not meant to envision, you know, and in some sense that is bound up into imagination. Sure. You know, it's bound sure. up in the way we imagine the world, imagine ourselves. But I want to be caught up in the black sacred imagination as, as Elizabeth Alexander writes, envisioning what we're not meant to envision. Uh, uh, and that is complex black cells, real and enactable black power alongside other marginalized communities and alongside those who live in those spaces of power who want to do better.
That was Dante Stewart. You can read more from that conversation in our interview with him and then new winter issue of Relevant. It's available for free at relevantmagazine.com. Click on the magazine tab and our winter issue is there. And we have a great piece with Dante Stewart. Go check it out. Spread word. Share it. It's a great piece. Quarantine Christmas, it got me hoping and wishing that we could cope with the missing mac and cheese, ochre and chicken that going family not with us. I'm paying Santa a visit like Chris. You got something in that staff for pandemics? You're listening to No Big Deal, DJ Michael V and Paul Russell. The song is Christmas 19. Again, available on the Very Relevant Christmas Hip Hop playlist. Go check it out. It's a great track. Okay, it's time for... What's Jesse thinking? Huh? A very special Christmas edition. Christmas week edition. Jesse, what are you thinking this week of Christmas? Guys, I'm thinking, you know, that I got a big issue with how technology is ruining gift giving. And here's why. Mm. Okay. I'm going to just like uh, hopefully a lot of listeners are going to lots of little Christmas get togethers this these next couple of weeks. Uh, and visit friends and family. And a lot of them have these gift exchanges, kind of some of it's Secret Santa, some of it's White Elephant, but this is particularly for the Secret Santa people. Okay, the fun of Secret Santa is buying something for the person that they would never buy themselves. Okay. Like, but Secret Santa, there's all these apps and stuff now, the wish list websites where it's like, oh, you got this person for Secret Santa. Here's all these items that they like, that they want to. It's basically like a wedding registry situation. Like, dude, I'm not going to buy you a belt that you just been holding off on buying that you can afford. (laughs) I'm not going to spend my money there. Okay. All of this stuff you've uploaded is just stuff for your house. Okay, I know you need a new TV universal remote. I, great, I was at your house. Yours sucks. It doesn't work. I'm not buying that for you. Okay, right. why you even like, do that's a utility? Right. Why even do Secret yeah. Santa? Why even do Secret Santa if I if everyone's just uploading a, a wedding registry and I just got to pick something? Why, why don't right. I just? Why don't you just order something from Amazon and I'll give you the the, the thirty dollar limit? Okay, right. you might as well just be doing that. You might as well say here's thirty dollars. Mm. Just pick whatever you want. Right. No more of this. Okay. Yeah. I want to buy you, like I said, something you're not buying yourself. That's the whole fun right. of this. Like right. A a t shirt. For a new father with a plate of nachos that says Nacho Average Dad. It could last every time. Okay? Are you buying Nacho Average Dad shirt? You're probably not. Okay? Are you buying the hilarious mug that looks like a toilet? No, you're not. But guess what? When you drink coffee out of it in the morning, everyone gets a laugh. You have me to think. I don't want to just buy. I don't want to do chores for you. Okay? You've got a whole list of stuff you need from your house. Great. Like Upload it. that list to some other app on your phone and, and take it to the take it to Walmart or whatever. This has to stop. It's ruining. It, honestly, real talk. It's ruining secret, every secret Santa I go to. It's like, well, here's some ideas that they personally uploaded. Like I said, dude, I'll just give you money and you go pick right. one out and just order it. But this is pointless. It's stripping all the fun out of it. I agree with you, man. I mean, the I'm I'm big on don't give me a list. Let me put thought into what I think, you know, of you things that I like that I think you would like, and let me give you something that's personal, you know, unexpected. I feel I don't want my parents to ask me for a list. Yeah, Derek just wants. I want the most predictable gift in the world. Cha-ching, baby. (laughs) You know what I'm saying. 
Run me the money. So does your wife give you money? Hmm? For your birthday, your wife's going to give you money? I'm finna buy the gifts anyway. You know what I'm saying? Like, all the gifts, she's just going to give me all the money for the gifts back. (laughs) 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 I I think as a a parent and an adult, it's like, man, to me, I'm like, what what y'all going to give me? You you buy all this money to put these gifts in these kids' pocket and they're going to give you some socks. Right. Right. I don't want no... Socks, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, give me some from everybody else. Give me the money because I spent too much money this Christmas. I need some help. Ask, ja- give me the money, Jamie. When you're buying, when you and Aaron are exchanging gifts, do you have the same dilemma? Like, I don't want to spend too much because they might get mad at me for spending money on them. Like, is that what? <laughs> like, because that's the dilemma. It's like the, it, we've talked about it before, but those Lexus commercials. It's like who's taking on a new car pavement without right. consulting their spouse? Yeah, you know? exactly. Or who just dropped, you know, sixty grand. You know what I mean? On this brand new car. Like right. you either just drop 60 grand or somebody got a new payment. My dilemma right. with gifts for Aaron and I is Aaron wants a new watch for Christmas. But mm. I'm like, just go buy yourself a new watch. Like I just feel right. like what how am I gonna pick out a watch that I think you it's like or if you don't like it? Gift. That's an yeah, just go get, thing. Go get your watch, babe. Yeah. 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 And so I bought him one. He doesn't listen to the show, so we're good. I bought him a watch. But what, he's probably not going to like it, so he's going to have to take it back, and then it It'd feels be like lame. you buying him a haircut that he can't see. You know, like all of a sudden, like now this is going to define your look. You yeah. know, like you know what I mean. You, no, you can't buy a guy a watch. It's mm-hmm. very personal. I did I'm do this you. though, and this is for all the moms out there. Is I told Aaron the other day, I said, "Hey, listen, I just want to like I want to set some expectations up so my feelings are not hurt on Christmas Day." I'm filling everyone's stockings up with gifts, including yours. So don't leave me hanging because you know. Right. I, like everyone's open forgotten. stockings that I put all the mm-hmm. gifts in and then there's me with like nothing. So this is this is the tip. If you want something to happen, you got to say it. But don't go as far as these digitized chore lit. Like I'm suddenly right. running errands for coworkers now. Like yeah, bro, I need, more, I, need more, I need more Keurigs, too, okay? But how about you not do, about not do your shopping for you, okay? Why don't you just, why don't you just take care of that when you go to the store for all the other stuff? And I somebody uploaded a Verizon bill. At this point, why not? Why not? Secret if we're, if we're all moving to a system where the Secret Santa just runs an errand for you that you were going to run anyway, why right. not just move to a system where we're just exchanging cash? All I'm saying is let's have a little fun this year. And if someone tells you what they want, disregard it and buy something wild. Okay. You know, they're, that like, is- yeah, they're like, yo, we, we cut the cord. We don't, uh, we don't use satellites anymore. Can you take the satellite back to direct TV for me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's like, great. Lowe's. Okay, now I'm going to the hardware store for you, brah, because I got to get a, you know, a new battery for your rechargeable drill. Just what I wanted to do for Secret Santa. How thoughtful of me. I knew you needed that. Yeah. Well, it's four days before Christmas right now. So, you know, if uh, you still got time to go put some thought into something for, for the people you love, right? Just a little bit. Last second thought. Okay. All right. Well, that'll do it for What's Jesse thinking? Well, before we wrap it up, I want to thank Dante Stewart for joining us today. Make sure to check out our full conversation with him in the new issue of Relevant. It's available at relevantmagazine.com. Just click on the magazine tab. It's free and worth it. Spread the word. Share it. Read it. Uh, Speaking of the new issue, make sure while you're there to check out our conversations with Lin-Manuel Miranda, Kirsten Powers, St. Motel, Shad, so many more. 
It is awesome. The winter issue of Relevance is available now. And don't forget, head over to the Relevance store, relevancestore.com to check out our great new merch. The You can pre-order our annual print edition. We got shirts, we got mugs, we got podcast gear, all the stuff. Go check it out. And there's a good little sale going on right now, last second before the holidays. It will not get to you in time for the holidays. But you know, if you're in a spending mood, why not save a few bucks? It'll get to you after the holidays. Right, relevantstore.com. Also, while you're at the site, uh, relevantmagazine.com, check out our daily devotional series, Deeper Walk. It's presented by Lumo. There's a morning devotional email every weekday you can get, or you can check it out under the faith section on our website. It is a fantastic way to start your day. I love seeing our tweet first thing in the morning with the new devotional. Click it. Just a great five minutes to recenter. It's a great way to start your day. Uh, also, make sure to follow Relevant on all the socials so you don't miss a thing. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And make RelevantMagazine.com part of your daily web browsing. Why not? All right. Okay. On that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron String. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Jamie Ivey. I'm broke. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> uh, have fun in the next few days, scrambling and getting everything ready for Christmas. Have a good week, everyone. We'll see you on Friday. For listening to the relevant podcast check out our features interviews and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com and make sure to follow relevant on facebook twitter and instagram for the latest for more great podcasts browse the shows on the relevant podcast network which you can find at our site and while you're there don't miss the all-new era of relevant magazine a new issue releases every other month at relevantmagazine.com Technology has ruined hypothetical heist. Relevant Podcast Network. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.